2: Hi, I'm Mark McDermott, and I'm the CEO of ScreenCloud. We're a SaaS platform for digital signage, and we're based in Santa Monica. You know, if we take, say, for example, uh, well, London and LA, I think culturally is very similar. Um, Like a lot of the people are living in shared like flats and things like that. You know, I've seen a lot of our colleagues working from their bedroom. And that's just super unhealthy. I've also seen the hours of day that they tend to be working really stretching out so first thing in the morning they're getting up mm-hmm. and they're getting on the computer they're like on late at night often you know it, it's not it's not right you know it's not right. it's not healthy to be connected just to one room and like have everything happening and I think that we had a you know It's been like the lockdowns have been pretty severe in both the UK and the US. And uh, I think it's really affected everyone's mental health a lot. Mm. And we've just started going back in and just having, you know, socially distanced. We're not letting everyone back in because we're being responsible about that. So we're kind of taking it in shifts and turns and things like that. But just the atmosphere, everyone just feels a bit like a weight has been lifted. You do a Zoom call and you do a Zoom call for a reason. Right. You don't just go on Zoom and just sort of shoot the... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. If I, I well, Mark, say that, unfortunately, but you know I mean. <laughs> some people do.
0: It drives me bananas.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I, I get Zoom fatigue. If I'm honest, me like too. You know, yeah. So if you, if I've done like six hours of Zoom in a day, I just I just feel absolutely exhausted. Same. And often I just sit on the sofa at the end of the day and just basically fall asleep or something. Totally. But you know what? I did a day yesterday where I did at least fifty percent of my meetings were in person, and at the end of the day, I felt energized you know I've, i it was it, the the atmosphere in the meetings was more lighthearted um we didn't feel so constricted by time we didn't because an hour goes in and you do yeah. the hour we didn't like we didn't really think about time we just kind of did the meeting until we didn't need to do it anymore. And, you know, it was like, oh, it's 25 minutes. Fine. We're done now. Hey, let's go and grab a tea. Or, you know, um, I actually said to one of my colleagues, I was like, why don't we just go for a walk and and do this one? It was like lunchtime. It was a really nice day. Yeah, "Yeah, let's go out and and walk around. So we've lost that kind of informality and that playfulness in our environment by being these like, oh, it's a meeting. It's in my calendar. I've got to turn up. Here's the agenda. It's just like, wow, wow, we really got a bit rigid here. And that isn't where the creative stuff comes from. It isn't where the those accidental moments happen, the the way that the, the friendships which can occur just by between people who just right. have nothing to do with each other in terms of their role, but everything to do with each other in terms of their personality. Right. And I just think that, like, I'm not saying that what happened I think it needed to happen given right. what what we've experienced and what what yeah. was happening. But it's, it has had some serious negative effects, which we need to now redress. And I have nothing against fully remote, um, but I think that that is a very intentional culture that you need to instill from day one. And I think the type of people that are going to be attracted to a fully remote uh, business, you know, is going to really suit them in terms of the location they live, maybe their family situation, their own personality, whatever, whatever that might be. Right. I think when you're in major cities like London, LA and Bangkok um, and in Belfast, Northern Ireland, which is the capital of, it's a small country, but it's it's capital. People who want to work in those environments, they want to be out in in the city, having the full city experience, which is your job, your colleagues, which become friends often, and what happens after work, what happens before work, um, and just the buzz of, of that. And I think yeah we've lost that and so so companies that went full remote and then now are coming back out uh I, I expect most people to want to go back in when they feel safe and obviously that's yeah. a critical thing we shouldn't be if people don't feel ready then the timeline should be as long as people f- feel you know yeah.
3: hey this is Ryan Byrne CEO of Buzzcast a virtual event platform built by producers for producers We're based in Larchmont in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the differences, right? Because when we're building a, you know, a sort of professional grade platform, I mean, we're dealing with events that, you know, just just can't have that happen. And so a lot of the other platforms are just, yeah, maybe you're plugging in like a Vimeo live stream or you're plugging in a single thing and those things get messed up. So in our case, we are going through great lengths to have, redundancies and backups and we have people monitoring the things. So this is just a kind of a higher caliber of production. And and what that really means, I think the definition of higher caliber of production is being ready for things to go wrong and having plan B's and that sort of thing. And we're also built from the ground up on on all the latest AWS serverless tech. So you know that helps a lot of things in terms of scalability and, and those type of problems that you can run into. You know, we can't ever prevent somebody's home, you know, Zoom or whatever, you know, camera that they're calling in from or their internet going down that sort of thing. But in that case, you got to be prepared to have somebody ready to switch over to or somebody to take over and that's how you handle those things. So, you know, the the platform itself has never, never gone down. um, And, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it that way.
0: 100%. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into your background because your backgrounds are a little bit interesting. So before the Buzz Lab and Buzzcast, Yep. what were you up to before then what led to all of this
3: oh yeah I've got a little bit of a, a little strange background I guess in some ways I actually started out you know in in private equity sort of straight out of college and specifically because I had written some papers on of all things you know manufacturing efficiency which was kind of a, a thing I did while in school and, uh, and so I started working in private equity in Boston for a few years and that was kind of during the the dot com boom, and I moved to L.A. Um, I was funny. I was over in Santa Monica recently, and I walked by on like Wilshire and Second. There's this building that's like a, you can rent temporary office space. And I remember driving my U-Haul cross country into L.A., going to park it, and and just crushing right into the top of the building no. on my first entry, and then breaking part of the top of the building. <laughs> so, no way! And then I and I, I slept on the couch in the office there for, for a while and built uh, my first tech company, which was something called Gorilla Guide, which was one of the first sort of online travel guidebooks for backpackers and one of the reservation systems for backpacking. I mean, it's, it's a company that ended up going down because uh, around 9-11, when everybody just sort of travel stopped and and that we weren't taking money anymore. And so it put us in a, a tough spot, but it's, it's one of those things I spent many years building. And actually even, I think it was like two years ago, three years ago, in the same year, I got two different two different VCs that approached me and asked me if I could like recreate that again, um, wow. cause, cause it hadn't really been done. And so, so I did that and then I switched up completely after that, that experience and went back to USC film school, get my master's in directing and, uh, went and lived in Columbia, Bogota, Colombia for a couple of years and directed a feature film that I took around the, you know, the whole circuit for, um, film stuff. And then after that I started getting asked a bunch of my buddies from my previous experience in tech that were still doing tech now saw that i was a director and, and frank adante who founded the rubicon project that i mentioned before you know he had come to my premiere of my movie and was like oh great now hey ryan can you make this little video for my company and that's the one we made about uh the tech scene in la and uh and so that just sort of then that sort of just grew into what became the buzz lab and and that's kind of the the path
1: Hey, everyone. This is Kay He from Rad Reads. I'm the creator and founder of the newsletter, blog, and online teaching platform. Rad Reads is your guide to living a productive and examined life. I am based in Manhattan Beach. It's really more of like uh, how you say it, how you use words. Mm. So, you know, people will be like, oh, like Kay surfs every day. And I used to like be like, Oh, I surf, you know, I I, I've said it and I've surfed like 350 days since we moved to LA, but it becomes a part of my identity. Like I feel the need to tell this to people and that's dangerous. And, Mm -hmm. and I saw a perfect example when they shut down the beaches during COVID, I was relieved. (gasps) So I was paying a price for that identity, right? I was relieved that they shut down the beaches for two months because I wouldn't give myself permission Permission. to not surf
0: Yeah, because it was
1: so ingrained in my identity.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: So that's the thing is like, I love surfing, but I don't, yeah. I won't say like I surf every day or I, I try not to. And when I do a warning light goes off in my head, mm-hmm. that's like, you're attaching to an identity. And remember all identities are impermanent. Like you could have a full head of hair. And then one day you won't have a full head of hair. Right. You could have a six pack. And one day you won't have a six pack. You could right. be a vi- vibrant 30 year old. And one day you won't be a vibrant 30 year old. Right. So like all that stuff is fleeting anyway. So be careful on that idea, right? You'd be a surfer and one day you break your shoulder, you tear your labrum.
0: It's interesting, even like something as trivial is when I consider myself to be a fit, healthy person so that when I want to have ice cream, I bash myself because I'm like, Mm -hmm. how can I be a fit, healthy person and eat ice cream at the same time? Mm -hmm. I'm letting myself down and then it becomes this whole judgment and attack rather than just like enjoying the ice
1: cream. Exactly. And meanwhile, you live a fit and healthy lifestyle, by the way. You can eat ice cream when you lead a fit and healthy lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't answer your question about like how do I pick? Yes, how do you the people? Uh, I feel very lucky to have a really just amazing network of collaborators, friends, work people, internet friends, and just like this, like you and I met four four weeks ago, right? And you're going to tell me this Facebook person off camera and I trust you and you wouldn't be the first person that recommended someone. Uh, And so I'll have this list of five or six people and I'll meet them. And, you know, they're all coming from trusted sources. So it's almost like I can't go wrong at Mm. that point. And then I'll, you know, I'll put on my business hat and kind of like, you know, I'm looking to do X, what would you tell me? And, and all that. The other thing, I think this is actually an interesting entrepreneurial strategy that I've used. Yeah. So let's say a skill like Facebook ads, like let's say you're a 10 out of 10, you're, you're the best, you're the best in the world or in the top yeah. 1% and you're a z- one out of 10, you have no idea what you're doing. Right. My approach to entrepreneurship has always been to get to a three by myself, mm-hmm. just to hack it just for design, for WordPress, for anything, for podcasting, hack it. Because then you know what questions to ask.
0: It's so true.
1: And then when I get to a three, then I might like do like some group, depending on how much time and resources, I might do some more like group mastermind type stuff, or just get straight, go straight to the source. And usually like from like three to six, I'll get a a coach that will teach me how to do it, but I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So that's like from three to six. And then from six to 10, I'll just pay someone to do it. Yeah. Cause I don't need to be working on it anymore. So that's kind of like, a, and, and this is where it's like, what if this was easy? Like, if I don't want to do it myself, then why should my business do it? Like I, I didn't build a business to not do things that as the business owner, I'm not interested in Right. just for money. Right. 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 And, and, you know, I've had a big aversion to Facebook ads for a while. Cause I just, I hate Facebook. All right. Um, <laughs> Just as I don't use it. Right. Yeah. So like, how am I going to, sell on something I don't use. Right. That seems iron. So I'm kind of like, again, I'm open to that possibility that I'm just going to look into it and be like, uh-uh. like, what if it was, was easy? That is not passing the threshold. I'm out. By the way, there's plenty of other ways we can grow without Facebook ads. So that's kind of the approach that I always take. Again, that's the beauty of like, not, not, we didn't talk about this, but I'm not doing this business to maximize profits. I'm doing it to maximize joy. And then the byproduct has been quite profitable. But the starting point is, does this, you know, does this spark joy, right?
0: Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group, where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com.